I just wanted to let you know that the doors to the new Bee Mastermind are open for quarter two. So if you're ready to create a business plan that works for you, to do business in a way that is your way, instead of chasing all the strategies out there, the new Bee Mastermind is for you. I am all about leading women to solutions that work for them, that feel good, that feel in alignment. And that's why I've created the Newbie Mastermind. So if you're interested in joining a business program that allows you to do business your way without all the pressure of the six-figure year, then head on over to BeMyselfNow.com mastermind and check it out. Welcome back, Business Gal Pals. This week, I'm talking to Brandy Sheffield about knowing our true value. Brandy has led teams of over 100 people using and teaching executive presence to influence and impact people and organizations. As a senior executive director, Brandy has built a legacy of leaders by coaching executive colleagues and lower management to transform their leadership. She is the CEO of Learning Associates and the designer and founder of the Career Acceleration Incubator Program, The Outlier Leader. Brandy equips highly skilled career women to move up faster or move on to their next higher paying role with a better opportunity by developing their executive presence and messaging. Welcome, Brandy. Thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you so much, Danielle. It's my pleasure. So why don't you share with us, before we get started, the origin of the Outlier Leader and how you came into this role? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. So I came into this role of leadership development pretty much organically in my career. Uh, I came from the world of education and just excelled very quickly, Uh, led a middle school, oversaw other principals who were high school principals, um, became the executive director of math and science department, which was a whole just another can of worms, um, and then started coaching other senior leaders. And I was being tapped to be a superintendent, and I knew I didn't want to do that. So I started thinking about what are my next career moves? What's the next thing I want to do? I was looking for mentorship, and in looking for mentorship, I was offered a job. I entered that job role doing the exact opposite thing that I train people to do, which is to show up with executive presence and leadership, because I walked in day one saying, this will be my last employer. And so I didn't have any aspirations for like continuing to move up the ladder And along the career trajectory of um, coaching other executive leaders in that space, it was very clear to me it was time to pivot, time to transition. Lots of things were happening in the organization. And then lo and behold, my blessing came that a woman who could not promote in her career because she didn't have the skills created a whole lot about me in the workspace. I was a problem child in the organization because I didn't always follow the rules and do it the way they wanted to, but they couldn't let me go because I was their top producer, number one in the region and number two in the organization. So they had unsubstantiated lies about me. I'm a documenter and I had all my ducks in a row. And they wanted to let me go. I said, great, here's the severance package I want. They said, okay. 
and I started my business. Wow. Just like that. I mean, I love how you talk about it, like a blessing, right? Yes. This turmoil delivered to you what exactly you wanted actually. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it was a way for you to really step into your power there. Obviously you have to value yourself and what you want so much to feel that that is a blessing and not let it get you down. And I think, especially in early business as women, we tend to devalue ourselves. Mm -hmm. We tend to feel like we're not good enough or we're not worth, you know, the high ticket prices. So what leads us as women to devalue ourselves in that way in business? What do you think it is? I think there's a multitude of things, but I always come back to a central message um, that resonates with me. And that is the way that we are trained differently than men and women. You know, men are trained to, you know, lead with a strong voice that, project this sense of, you know, authoritative leadership and, you know, always uh, be steering the conversation or step in and like all these different things, but they don't get the messaging of build your skills. They just get the messaging of be bold, right? Go out there and go forth. But women get the messaging of build your skills and, you know, be, be available to be able to take on the roles and so forth. And so we don't get the same messages of, leading boldly and powerfully because we can. And so I believe, and it's just what I've seen, it's what I've experienced in myself, that men just speak more highly of themselves than women are willing to. And it comes off so naturally because it's so innate. Um, And if I use the example of my blessing of the woman in the past organization, that was her. She didn't have the skills, but she had some but she also didn't have the self-confidence to know that she didn't have to cut down another person or another woman to get to where she needed to be. Whereas the men in the organization helped and supported each other. They shared ideas, so on and so on. And they knew how to leverage the women who had the skills in order to keep themselves promoted. And so I just, I just think it's a, a messaging that needs to be undone in our society about who, who can be a leader and what a leader looks like. It typically looks like a male when we think about it. And I I think that imaging needs to be changed. Absolutely. I heard something recently that when asked to draw a leader, both men and women will draw a man. Yeah. So I, I think that's very interesting. It's very telling. So how can we increase our sense of self-worth as women so that we do feel comfortable stepping into our authority and even charging a premium for our services? I'm going to say one of the biggest blessings we as women can give ourselves is the blessing of self-reflection and to be honest about the fears and the, the challenges and the biases that we have and that we hold that hold ourselves back. There's only so much outward finger pointing you can do. You can only change yourself. You can only control, you know, your own way of being. And many of us women, we don't acknowledge our own biases or discriminations or self-sabotaging behaviors that we have within ourselves. And I believe that when a woman is truly ready to embrace those things, that becomes the unlocking power to, not that it goes away, but you now can have strategies and skills for saying, oh, I, I feel that thing rising up inside of me. I, I know what to do, right? I can check my mind. I can take a pause. I can take a breath and make sure I respond in a different way than a reactive manner or whatever it is. I think those messages only have power over us when we believe in the messages, right? When we take those on as our truth 
then it starts to really hold us back. Do you have an example of one of those messages that you were uh, able to kind of undo so in your own mind and heart? <laughs> I have so many. <laughs> you want to give like life. You want it about business and career. I have so many. <laughs> yeah, maybe one in business, especially about going into business yourself and creating something, you know, that you are in control and in charge of. Did you find yourself facing any limiting beliefs in that space? Yeah. So it's one that I, that is a continual discriminatory belief that I have. So let me set a small little stage. Uh, I'm raised by a single high functioning, illiterate mom who was a window washer, a janitor, a waitress, a maid my whole life. And she produced me. So I think I'm great. (laughs) And she also was just a, or is, she's not past. She is a phenomenal woman who has um, gained so many career successes. But one of the things that I noticed in my career was that when I had to support single moms of children and they had a horde of excuses, I couldn't hear them. I couldn't help them because my mindset was my mama did it. How come you can't do it? And then on the other side of the table, I started um, parenthood as a single mom as well, raising two really great high functioning kids. One is autistic and the other just super creative and there's no excuses for them. And so even transitioning into running my own business, when I have female uh, individuals who are seeking to advance their career and the first time they say, but I've got kids and I don't have time and I have this, I shut down immediately and I have to use all my strategies to bring myself up to be able to hear and actively listen and, you know, say back to them what they said. And it's really all process for me to lower my discrimination and bias that I have for them so that I can hear them. I love that you're able to self-reflect on that and, and own that in yourself. And, and it makes you a better coach that you're able to show up and say, hold on, I'm getting in the way here. (laughs) Let me step back and make sure that I can actively listen. What's one of those strategies that you use to help yourself through that experience? Literally, I breathe. Like, so people will say, you breathe a lot. And like, and they don't understand it's a strategy for me. It is like calming and slowing my brain down from all the racing that's going on. And then saying back to them what they said allows me to make sure that I've processed clearly and they feel validated in what they heard and if they give me the signal back and it comes in all kind of different ways that I'm on the right track with what it is then I follow up with a series of questions I don't insert like do this next and do that I, I keep asking more and more clarifying questions so that we can get down to the root of what really is the problem because it's it's almost never the fact that you're a single mom it's always something else, right? So if I ask the questions, I can remove myself and allow them to highlight the depth of, and the root of whatever is happening with them. Mm, that's beautiful. What a beautiful way to, to get to the root of it, not only for yourself, but to allow them to experience that journey of getting to the root of it. Because even if you were to see it first and just tell them, right. they probably wouldn't be able to see it, right? They no. would stand by their their excuse of being a single mom. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's a, that's a really powerful way, I think, to, like you said, make them feel validated too. And, and you're empowering them to own their situation and to Mm -hmm. own their solution, which absolutely is so much better than anyone just telling (laughs) us what to do. (laughs) I've I've seen bad coaching over the years. I've 
I've done a lot of re-coaching of coaches to, to help realign some people because I've seen some bad practices over the years. Yeah, absolutely. And for the record, Business Gal Pals, if you're one of those people who just wants to <laughs> tell people what they should do, that's called a consultant. That's what right. I do. Exactly. That <laughs> it's is a little a bit different. That's funny. I have a whole schematic that breaks down like the difference between a coach, a consultant, um, a facilitator, a teacher, and there's two others, but like there's a specific role for each person. There's like, yeah, any of those others, you're not coaching. Absolutely. Absolutely. You might use some coaching tactics in your consulting or in your teaching. Um, But yeah, once you step outside and share your own biases and ideas Uh and advice, that's a whole different thing. So I love that you're able to recognize that and, and coach appropriately and coach and it's coaching itself that really does empower people. You know, I can give them advice in business, but it's not the same as when they come up with those solutions on their own. So that's super important. Absolutely. So what has your journey of self-worth looked like and, and what have you overcome in knowing that you are worth it? You are worth showing up in the way that you are. I think what I would say the most is probably before about five years ago, I'd have never, said I had a lack of self-worth I don't I didn't show up that way my language is not that way right just people see Brandy Sheffield and there is just you know confidence leader right so on and so on but I had an experience that made me um had me take another self-reflective moment and it was to look back at how the legacy of domestic violence really showed up in me every day and even in the workplace. Um, And while I was never abused, my mom was never abused, but my mother and her nine siblings watched their aunt be brutally beat for years. And the messages that they transferred to us about self-protection and self-worth and what you don't allow a person to do to you and so on and so on really is innate to my being and who I am. It's, it's, It's the programming I've had my whole life. And so um, I had an experience where I was needing to lead a a group of men, women, and so forth. And uh, a trigger word came up and I I felt something foreign rise inside of me uh, that made me pause to say, why am I responding to this person this way? And when I took the moment to step back, I could see where I had a lack of self-worth because I was hiding behind a fear that wasn't even present, but that had been trained in me my whole and entire life. The first overcoming was awareness of it. Um, And I wouldn't necessarily say that I have overcome it, but I now know what the feeling is when it comes up. And so in business, when... I have to deal with, I shouldn't say it that way, when I am working with a male client (laughs) and there is language or triggers, I'm more cognizant of the why I feel a certain kind of way than blaming it on external societal things, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think you really touched on that, like when we can own our triggered responses mm-hmm. and not blame it and something external, we yeah. are giving ourselves so much more worth in that yeah. moment. We're able to say, 
you know, I'm in control here. I'm in charge of me. And there is nothing that delivers more self value than standing in your own power. And when you are blaming things on outside circumstances, you're, you're just giving that power away left and right. Absolutely. The, the strategy I've been trying lately, and it doesn't happen too often, but I've, I've tried it about three times over the last probably year and a half, is when that feeling comes up, I name it for the person and I tell them, like, this is, you may have seen my face change, my body shifts, my mood tone, uh, tone change or something, and here is why, right? And I'll explain to them very quickly, you said this, this is kind of a background of me that you don't know. And so internally, I'm working through how I feel in order to still be responsive to you. And there's been positive responses and just being honest about what that is. So there's definitely great power in sharing um, kind of your process in the moment in real time. Definitely. And you're showing up in such a vulnerable space when you Uh do that. It's such a human to human experience, I can imagine that that allows people to let down their own guard and feel more comfortable because they're not like, well, why did her face just change? Why did her tone just change? And then they're kind of playing detective and (laughs) yeah, caught up in their own thoughts and triggered reaction Mm -hmm. to whatever you just experienced. So what would you say to a woman who's starting out in business and she's struggling with her self-worth? She's like, I don't know, maybe I need another certification. You know, some of us are certification chasers or Maybe I need a different approach. Maybe I need to, you know, know what I don't know. What would you say to someone who's holding themselves back with thoughts like that? Just do it with coaching. So I don't believe in just do it. I believe everybody needs a coach. I do. And starting a business is a whole new world than being employed. Without a business coach, you may figure it out along the way, but you're going to waste a lot of time and money before you figure it out. I learned that the hard way also. (laughs) Um, But once you have a business coach who can help you structure your business and all those different things, then whatever your fear is of self-worth, hopefully you have a good enough business coach who can also kind of help you navigate whatever your fears are that you're surfacing. Uh, I call them mental models. It's a way of systems thinking. And it is a person's life experiences that are beneath the surface, but when challenged with having to understand now business structure or hiring employees or, you know, how to keep paying for stuff when you don't have money coming in at the moment, so on and so on, they can also help you navigate those. So I would say get a coach. Yeah. I love that advice. It's absolutely true. We all need a coach. We all have stories playing in our mind about Mm -hmm. what it means to not have enough money or not know enough or, you know, face failure. I think we face failure over and over again in business because some of it is sort of this experimentation process Mm -hmm. and we have to be willing and ready to, you know, accept whatever comes up in ourselves as we move through that process. I would also say you get what you pay for. Mm. So when you're looking for a coach, I'm just going to say you get what you pay for. Definitely, definitely. And how would you translate that the other way around as a coach who's trying to establish her value in her pricing? Because I think a lot of the times, especially starting out early on, we like to say, oh, but most coaching, you know, at my level should be $100 an hour and and no more than that. And I don't want to, you know, cheat people. And how do, how do they... No, so again, if you offering. have a good business coach and you surface those things, 
they're going to help you dismantle all those types of beliefs, right? Like just telling a person, oh, just charge a high premium price. Well, no, but why, right? Like help the person understand what's the value that they bring and what's the impact they're able to create for their clients that then warrants this. And a good coach will also help you think about your own time and help you protect your own um, mental health and, you know, uh, 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 you know, just taking care of yourself where you learn to structure your business where it works for you and balance your family versus like being on a job and you work nine to five and then you still come home and bring home three, four more hours of work. And, you know, you're missing the kids this and you don't have date night with your spouse, so on and so on. A good business coach is going to help you make balance in both. Definitely. Yeah. It's so important that our businesses fit into our lives and not the other way around. Not the other way around. It's so much more empowering when when we have a life that can go on. I mean, that's why so many of us leave that corporate world is so that we can live our lives in a way that's truly enriching. And and you can do that and still make decent money, you know, as an entrepreneur, definitely. But it's figuring out where that fits in. And I would just say you can you can do it making really great money. I'll say more than decent money, really great money. The end to that is entrepreneurship is not for everyone. And so there is also a way that a good coach doesn't have to be a business coach, but that a good professional coach, career coach, leadership coach, whatever, will help you to look at your job context and create balance and boundaries for yourself, which is where we often don't have boundaries for ourselves at work and they bleed out. And then when we do transition to entrepreneurship, we take those really bad habits with us and create it for ourselves and our own business. Mm, couldn't be better said. Those mm-hmm. boundaries are so, so, so important. Yeah. What do you think is some of the top most important boundaries when it comes to being an entrepreneur? So I'm a backwards mapper and uh, I believe in faith, self, family in that order. And so making whatever your week looks like where you first have time to, you know, protect your time for faith, whatever that means to you, have your own self time, right? So if you know that you want to be healthier, you want to cook healthier meals, you want something, plan the time out to do it in your calendar, plan your family time, the date night time, the kids schedule, and then plan work within those empty spaces. Backwards map. Your, and you'll find that along the way, you'll make adjustments, but just like start with something, test it out for a couple weeks. If it doesn't work, make the adjustment, right? But it doesn't have to be the same weekly schedule. It can be every three weeks. So as an example, uh, my husband goes on his own alone trip the second weekend of every month. And I go on my own alone trip the fourth weekend of every month. That's what works for us because we like, to be alone and not have to take care of anybody else. And it's okay, but it's in our calendar. So in that whole week as well, for me, it's my lightest week of the month. I only take like maybe intake calls, um, do some podcast things, things like this or whatever, really light week. So I'm going into my relaxation already relaxed. Mm, I love that. (laughs) And having it on the calendar like that, then you both know to expect that of the other, you know, to expect that second weekend, he's not going to be there. And so you're going to be there with the kids in the house and whatever else goes on in your life and vice versa. And 
it makes everyone happier to kind of know yes. what to expect and yes. not have these big surprises where you burn yourself out and then you're freaking out and you're like, I just need a week by myself. And yeah. you just kind of like storm just, off. Yeah. Just planning, just plan. And it feels, it feels better than an expectation. It feels like support because when it's the other person's turn, you're like, no problem. I got it. Right. You Absolutely. know, what's coming. No problem. I got it. Cause I know mine is coming. Yeah, definitely. And I think sometimes, you know, knowing what to expect can be different than an expectation, right? Yes. Those expectations yes. can lead us into trouble. Yes. But when we, when we're consistent with our boundaries, like saying the boundary of like, I need this time off once a month, then they, they kind of know what to expect from us. And mm-hmm. it creates a lighter relationship because it doesn't come as this huge surprise and struggle yeah. for everyone involved. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you've given us so much good advice already, but I was wondering <laughs> what is your favorite business hack or is there a bus- bit of business advice that you'd like to give to the business gal pals out there? Hire help. Don't wait. Hire help. I know we want to think we can do it all, but to do it well, you need help. And the truth is, none of us are multitaskers. We think we are, but you're actually only doing one thing at a time. You might have 20 windows up on your screen, but you're only actively in one. You might be toggling between two because you're copying and pasting from one, but you're actually producing on one, right? Like whatever it is, get help because we're, we're, our brains are not designed to be multitaskers. And so all of the smaller things, you can find really cheap help until you can like pay for employees. There are all types of assistance on all the, what is it, Fiverr? And I don't know all the names of the things, but you know, totally. yeah, where you can find help. And then when you're ready, you can go out and actually hire and employ, uh, employ people full time. And then you can train them into your business practices because your business coach would have told you that you need SOPs <laughs> Absolutely. in your business. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. We've got to yeah. create those standard operating procedures so that, yeah. that we know how it's done so that when we do hire someone in, we know what to expect of them in terms of their performance as well. Yeah. Yes. I would tell you my best two hires um, was a social seller and an executive assistant. So I've had an executive assistant the majority of my leadership career, but they have never taken command of my calendar. It just didn't make sense. I couldn't, I couldn't understand like letting that go. I was like, no, when I hired my executive assistant, you know, she, she gave me the talk and she told me what I may not do. (laughs) And in our weekly meetings, we just do the check-in and she has to keep telling me that. So I, you know, she's like, send me the email so I can correspond with the person. I'm like, oh yeah, that is what you're for, huh? <laughs> she'll put my whole calendar together and she'll just text me like, hey, did you go to Pilates today? I'm like, no, I was working. She's like, that's what it's in your calendar for. Why didn't you go? Like, she'll just like hound me, but it's so great to have an accountability partner and somebody who will just take that off. Even just setting a calendar takes hours of time. You're mm-hmm. like, man, there's so much I didn't do. And working in my calendar doesn't produce money but I still need it done. Hire help. Yeah. So that's a great thing for someone else to do. And there's nothing better than a team member who owns their zone of genius. And it's like, um, excuse me, you need to be in your zone, not in mine. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And so what does your social seller do for you? What does that look like? Oh, so myself, so I'm training my social seller, but the great thing is that they are picking up very quickly and seeing how I operate when I am 
talking to clients about our program and really just kind of closing them to join our career acceleration incubator. And so the beautiful thing is we did some role playing, then they watched me and now they have all these questions about, but what if this, but what if that? And so I can push and say, well, what would you think? What would you do, right? Because I train them on all of like, who's my avatar and right, what, what's the program actually about? What do you get? What's the process look like? So they have all of that. And so just pushing them back to say, use the resources, be confident in your ability. So they did their first one, I think it was last week, closed the deal and felt great about themselves. And I was like, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. You've given them that autonomy to make those decisions. And, you know, it's not really help if they have to be asking every little question every step of the day. So exactly. Yeah, Yeah, there is an onboarding and ramping up and training process time. Like, you know, like in those SLPs, like you can't just throw somebody out and expect them to produce. But if you have a pathway of production and you're clear about it, like, hey, in 45 days, I expect you to be able to close clients. And this is what that process is going to look like. Here's your weekly schedule of like getting up to speed. There's no reason why somebody can't. That's wonderful. Great advice. Business Gal Pals hire help. And oftentimes the right time to hire help is before you actually think you can afford yes. it. <laughs> yes. So keep that in mind. Yes. Well, where can the business gal pals find you, Brandy? If they want to know more about the outlier leader or the way that you help empower people in their career leadership, where can they get in touch with you? You can find me on LinkedIn at Brandy P. Sheffield. I'll be happy to send you the link. And we also are having a live event on Tuesday, March 29th, where we are going to be teaching how to 10X your career and move onward and upward in your career. So we would love to invite everyone to come and join us and hear about our program. Awesome. Well, that sounds great. Well, thank you so much for being here, Brandy. Thank you for such an open, honest conversation and bringing all your wisdom to the table. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. It is my pleasure. Thank you so much, Danielle. 